got a million ways to get it. Choose one. Choose one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make it stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. Hold up. Okay, okay, okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 193 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Happy New Year. New Year, new blessings, new opportunities, new everything, uh, new amount of time to be successful. I hope you all had a great holiday season. I hope you got all the gifts you wanted. I hope you gave all the gifts your people wanted. I hope you, you know, enjoyed your time with your family, your loved ones, your friends, um, you know, for those who were thinking about loved ones that we lost along the way that didn't make it to this holiday season, I'm praying for you. I'm sending love your way. Um, you know, welcome to a new year, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have ourselves a year. Let's stick to our goals. Let's stick to our vision. Let's have faith in our vision and our goals. And let's let's you know what I mean. Let's let's go, man. And let's have a good time while doing it. Okay. All right. Let's do that, man. Let's do that. Now, that's out the way. Let's get to business, man, because we got a lot to get through today. We got a lot to talk about, and we have a lot of business to discuss. And the business starts off in Vegas with the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, they, they have a problem. They have multiple problems. They have multiple problems. I mean, it starts off, uh, let's start off with the contracts. Let's, let's start off with... The business aspect of it. So let's start off with 2-8. They didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth year. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. You know, the guy, you know, he had some injuries these last couple seasons. So I understand. I get it. Okay? Maybe you don't want to pay your injury riddle running back a whole bunch of money. You don't know, you know, if he's going to be around and how long he's got left in the tank and that stuff. You know, I I, I get that 1,000%. If I'm a GM, I'm looking at things in, in that aspect. Sure, I understand that. Okay. But Josh Jacobs is 24 years old. He's young. He's young. He's a young man. Got a lot of time to grow as a man, as a player. So they don't pick up his fifth-year option. All right, cool. You don't pick him up. You don't franchise that. Whatever. Then he goes on to have his best season yet. Fam. 1,608 yards. He's leading the league in, in rushing. 12 touchdowns. He, he's been going bonkers. I mean, we, we've seen the games he's had this year. He's, he's on my fantasy team. He's a reason why... I'm four quarters away from becoming a Super Bowl champion tonight. He's one of the reasons why. You know, we remember that 229-yard game he had against Seattle with all those touchdowns he scored. You know, the multiple over 100-plus games, multiple touchdown games. Like, the, the yards have been adding up for him. And now you're at a point where you're losing – where winning could have mended, you know, a lot. You know, winning could have went a long way this season for the Raiders. You know, you got a, a good disgruntled running back who was running on his contract year. And he, before the season, I'm sure he probably wanted to be a Raider. As the season went on, I'm probably sure, I'm sure that that probably changed. And in recent interviews, you know, Josh Jacobs is very frustrated. I don't think Josh Jacobs signed up for this. And I don't think that he will continue to sign up for this. But losing and, and losing in the fashion that they have been losing in. And now you're, you're in a situation where you don't know if your starting quarterback is going to be there. If I'm Josh Jacobs, I'm gone. And I really think that Josh Jacobs is out of there this offseason. I, I don't think he, he signs with the Raiders. He's gone, man. You guys, you guys had your opportunity. To lock him down. And. You missed it. It, it, it. It's not happening now. It's not happening now. The price of the brick went up. The price of the brick went up. And you guys can't afford it no more. You can't. 
So Josh Jacobs is definitely gone this offseason. And landing spots, I'm looking at the Chargers. I think that Eckler needs a thunder to his lightning. But we'll see. Maybe maybe that's a reach there. But Buffalo is prime spot. Buffalo, they need a real workhorse to take that pressure off of Josh Allen so he doesn't have to be RB1 anymore. I'm looking at Miami. I think they could use a running back, a, a real good running back. Even though they got a couple down there, I think they need a Josh Jacobs. I'm looking at Kansas City who could use a Josh Jacobs, another divisional opponent. And then, you know, the Rams, man. The Rams who had an awful year this season. But maybe they're looking to, you know, revamp their backfield. Even though Cam Akers has all of a sudden turned into a stud uh, as, as the season ends i don't understand that that's crazy but those are my top five landing spots for him the Chargers, the bills the dolphins chiefs and the rams so you got the josh jacobs thing going on then in april they signed quarterback Derek carr to a three-year 125 excuse me 121.5 million dollar extension so you guys kept him you wanted him around okay you want him around, cool. You commit to him for you know another three years to give him a bunch of money, cool. Then you you know you bring in this new head coach and Josh McDaniels, and I remember when I was doing guest spots before the season started, and I I broke down the AFC West. <clears throat> I said, I mean, clear as day, I, I called my shot with the Braiders and the Broncos, and I said they were not going to be good this year. They were going to be bad. I knew it. I just did not see Josh McDaniels or Nathaniel Hackett, Hackett hacking it this year. And you see one of them is already fired. It didn't even get to finish his first season as a head coach. And I just don't have faith in Josh McDaniels and what he's trying to build in Las Vegas. And Carr and Josh McDaniels first run at it, you know, in their new marriage resulted in only six wins. Six wins. That's not it. That's not it. That's not that's not what you bring a new head coach in for. And I know Derek Carr's been through a lot on and off the field, you know, injuries, uh losing star players, getting A B for a day, like the John Gruden era. He he's been through some things and for last season for him to Oh, Henry Ruggs. How can we forget that? So, for last season, for him, the Raiders and Rich Passaccia, you know, our special team coordinator in Green Bay now, he was the interim head coach to, there in, in Vegas. I thought they were going to roll with him. But for them to still make the playoffs last year under those circumstances without a Devontae Adams was impressive. So, even though that was impressive to me, I still did not think – they could build on that because it was just going to take too much time to build pro football chemistry with Devontae. Even though it was there, like it was still there, you guys still had it, but to win, I don't know if that you two, two new, you know, your, your new weapon and your new head coach, I didn't think it was going to result in many wins this season. And it didn't. And we used to talk about statistically, Carr, you know, he would have almost identical stats. Than he did last year. So this year he threw 24 and 14. 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And surprisingly, he threw for way less yards with only 3,522 compared to almost 5,000 last year. And then ultimately, Carr gets benched and uh, Stidham started yesterday. And the thing is, financially, if they trade or cut him, it will only be a five. million penalty so then it's not going to be that bad of a loss if they trade or cut them won't be that bad of a loss the last piece to this financial puzzle is Devontae Adams best receiver in the world they trade for Carr's college teammate and close friend Devontae right then they go and sign him to a five-year, $140 million deal. But the thing is, he's stuck for three years. Like, stuck, stuck. He's stuck. Unless he forces himself out, 
he's not going anywhere if Carr's going anywhere. He, he's it doesn't matter. He's not going anywhere. But imagine that though. Imagine that he's gone, Jacob's gone, and now Devontae's stuck there. Now that's a problem. And you know Tay has made it very clear that he went to Vegas, wanted to go to Vegas for Carr. He said it out loud. He he said it. He he said Derek Carr is the reason he's a Raider. So if you're Devontae Adams, how do you feel right now? How do you feel? You know, you 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 trade in. You know, you you get your trade, and now you're you're in this new place. But now the things that you thought were in place, they're not in place anymore. And from a football perspective, you leave Green Bay because of the uncertainty surrounding Rodgers' future. You don't know how long Rodgers is sticking around. You don't know if it's Jordan Love time. You don't know if they're what the what the plan is in Green Bay. I'm guessing you you don't know, so you don't want to stick and stick around for that uncertainty. But now you're in Vegas and there's uncertainty surrounding your quarterback again. This has to be frustrating. And 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 say I got to throw a jab at you, brother. I have to. I mean, we all saw the quotes when you were saying that talent wise, they were the same. Oh, you're going from one Hall of Fame quarterback to another Hall of Fame quarterback. Come on, say you you knew you knew that wasn't right. But I'm gonna leave that alone. I am. It has to be frustrating though, because. You leave your stable situation. Like, fellas, think about it. Say you're in a relationship. You're having a good time. You you got stability. You're in a great relationship. But say you you, you might miss the streets a little bit. You might miss the streets. So you go back out there. You break up with your girl. You say, you know what, baby? It's not you. It's me. I want to go do other things. You know, we've been together for some time. But I think I'm going to go do some other things. You know, and maybe, maybe you want that old thing back. Maybe you want to go see your ex. Maybe, you, maybe that's what the problem really is. So you go see your ex. And your ex just, she ain't hitting like she used to be. It ain't, it ain't the same vibe no more. And then it just don't work out. Now you're stuck with nothing. You done lost your stable relationship. And then now you done lost your, your, your unstable situationship. That's what just happened to Devontae Adams, man. It hurts. I know it does. From a financial standpoint, though, you're paid. You're paid. You're paid. Your family's good. You're closer to them. You know, I would I would like to think personally, Tay is doing all right. Like, you know, with Russell Wilson, with the stuff he's going through right now. You know, he was emotional at the press conference yesterday. You got all his teammates sticking up for him and everybody's feeling bad for him. I was watching uh, the New Year's Rockin' Eve, and I saw Sierra. She was a host, and she did a little performing. I said, I think Russ is doing all right, man. I think Russ is okay. I don't think Russ is that that upset the way we think we are, because he's going home to, you know, one of the most beautiful women in the world. He's fine. and he has They have a beautiful family and a big home. He's all right. I saw her. I said, mm, Russ is fine. But all jokes aside, I would like to think maybe Tay is all right. But but dealing with a guy who you respect so much, a guy who, who's close to you for his job and his job where you are to be in danger, that has to be frustrating. It has to hurt. Right. Like I said, for Card, you deal with the Gruden era. That was the circus. And now the start of the McDaniels era looks like the beginning of the end of the Carr era. For the Raiders. That's what it's looking like. It's looking like Derek Carr's time. With the Las Vegas Raiders. Is coming to an end. And it's not the way that a lot of people thought it would come to. Especially after they go out and get Devontae Adams. Fam. The Raiders were selling Waller and, and Carr jerseys at the team store 50% off. Maybe they're writing this on the wall. For what this offseason is going to be like for them. And the Raiders are in a very tough spot. Because... Who do you go out and get? If Carr is, in fact, on his way out the door, who do you go out and get to make Tay happy enough to where he's confident in this team without Carr? I mean, Stidham was putting some balls on Tay yesterday. He was he was throwing some very good balls to Tay, and he caught them, but 
didn't get the win through a questionable pick in overtime. So it's like, well, what what the hell? Then, on top of that, a team without Carr. What about a team without Josh Jacobs? Like, you're, you're looking at one of your dimensions, your running game, even though you guys got some guys in the backfield who can, you know, they're not Josh Jacobs. Now you're one-dimensional. Maybe you even lose Waller this offseason somehow. Like, fam, it's a lot. That could go wrong. And I, I honestly think that the ship is sinking. And, and Tay, he's in trouble, man. And Tay doesn't seem like a guy that would force his way out of a situation. But at 30, just turned 30 in December. With having so much playoff experience in Green Bay and success in Green Bay, is he going to be okay dealing with mediocrity during the back nine of his career? That's the question. That's the question. Honestly, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't. So, you know, the Raiders, Mark Davis and them guys, they're going to have a very... Interesting and potentially ugly offseason, and I will be here for it. Hey, if you guys want a couple first rounders for Tay, you know where to send them. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's move on, man. Let's move on. <laughs> I ran a poll, and I got about 30 some votes. Let's see. The poll said. Does home field advantage in the NFL playoffs actually matter? Like, does it actually matter anymore? Out of 30 votes, there were 79% voted yes and 21% voted no. That was interesting to me. Honestly, it was. Because I didn't think that many people would vote yes. I thought, you know, given what we've seen these past two years, small sample size, Compared to what we're going to talk about, but this last couple of years, man, we, we've seen the away teams, the road teams, come in and not give a damn about home field advantage. Like we've we have seen wild card teams, uh, or go into these one or two seeded teams and, and send them home. We've seen that with our own two eyes. I have four, but we've seen it. So that that shocked me a little bit. It took me a little bit. It took me it took me back a little bit. It was like, wow, you know, people still think that home field advantage matters. Because me personally, I can see both sides of it. But if I had to take a stand, I would say no. Home field advantage doesn't matter. It doesn't. I don't think it does. I think there's a different type of energy that road teams bring when everybody counts them out. When you've had a season where... It may look it may have looked like you're not even supposed to be in the playoffs or or at one point it looked like you guys were completely out of it or it looked like you weren't going to go anywhere. The season was over. You're supposed to get ready for the offseason. You're supposed to be getting ready for your draft pick. And then all of a sudden you're a playoff team and, and you're playing meaningful f- football in the month of January. There's a there's there's just a a type of swagger. That these teams have, especially if they make it out of the wild card round. Like when Kirk Cousins and the Vikings went down to Nola and sent Drew home a few years back. Nobody picked the Vikings to go down there to Nolens and beat Drew at home at the at the dome, at the Superdome. Like that. Nobody expected that. Nobody nobody picked Kirk Cousins to win that game. Now, then they did go on and go out to the bay and got smoked, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about what happened that weekend. Or, better example, when the 2017 Jaguars went up to Heinz Field and ruined the much-anticipated Steelers versus Patriots AFC title game. Fam, the Steelers, before the game even started, they were already in Foxborough. They weren't thinking about the Jaguars. The Steelers weren't thinking about a young Jaguars defense. Uh, who was their quarterback at that time? Blake Bortles, Bane Bortles. They were not thinking about Blake Bortles at that time. Nobody was. 
Nobody was. So for the Jaguars to go to Pittsburgh in that stadium with the terrible towels rocking, these fans are already expecting to roll over these guys, go see Brady, and, and try to get to the Super Bowl. They're, they're not thinking about what could happen if we lose to that. Nobody, nobody, the analysts, the meet, nobody picked the Jags to win that game. And they knew that. That defense knew that. They said, bro, okay, you got sassy Jalen Ramsey. Prime says. Y'all think they don't feel that? Y'all think they don't feel and see and hear the doubt? Y'all, like, for real. So they brought that energy to Heinz Field, and they sent the Steelers home. And then there's there's just something about teams who don't have a buy. I think they come in a little looser than teams who have, who may have rested starters in week 18 then got a buy. Like think about it. Some of these teams who have wrapped up the who wrap up the number 1 seed 2 3 weeks out when week 18 comes, they're not thinking about playing their starters. They may play them for a quarter maybe, but most of these guys aren't touching the field. So it's a bye week. In week 18, and then the real buy for the first round of the playoffs. That's two weeks. Two weeks chilling. Then you got to come back and get ready to play a team who hasn't chilled. A team who probably hasn't chilled since week 10. Because for a lot of these wild card teams, the playoffs had been started for them. Like, the playoffs started a long time ago. The playoffs started when they were in the hunt and had to claw their way back to get to this point. So if you think these t- this team has anything to lose, if you think this team isn't coming in their guns a blazing, you're, you're heavily mistaken. You are. Meanwhile, you've been sitting at the top, the tip of the top for weeks, just coasting through the season. Nobody expecting you to fail. You got nobody thinking... You know, oh, these guys are going to go to the playoffs. Yeah, they're, they're going to do great in the playoffs. But then you got to think about that pressure on you. You go 13-3, and 13-4, and 14-, you know, you, you win more than 12 games. And there's a stigma around that. People expect you to be great. People expect you to go to the Super Bowl. You're expected to go. The media expects you to go. They, 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 they know you should beat this team. They know, they think, they, they, they hope you don't lose at home in the divisional round and your first round back from your two-week bye. They expect you to win. When you're the wild card team, there are no expectations. There are no limitations. You've already broken the ceiling that they already put on you. You did it. You, you got past route, you made it to the playoffs, you got past wildcard re- weekend, and now it's the divisional round, you're going up against the one seed. Nobody expected you to be there, but here you are. You got me? You think about Green Bay, 2016, run the table. I think we're seeing a sequel right now. We'll get into that later, but I told y'all that. We look at Green Bay, that 2016 run the table run. The playoffs started for them when they were four and six. Got to the wild card. They won it. ended up winning the division home wild card game against the Giants. Smoked them. Then they go into Dallas. When Dallas was supposed to be that was their year. Young Dak, young Zeke. That was their year. They went into Dallas. <laughs> Good night, Dallas. One and done. Let's stay in Green Bay. How about that? Last year, the Red Hot 49ers, team who playoffs started for them a while before that game, they walked into Lambeau. They didn't give a damn about Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. They did not care. They walked in with the boom box. They bumping super gremlin. You feel me? They did not care. Don't care how cold it is. Don't care if it's snowing out here. Don't give a damn. The weather, the regular season, these teams have played each other in the regular season. They played, the, the Packers played them out west. Beat them. You don't think the 49ers wasn't thinking about that? Y'all, 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 y'all think they don't remember, they didn't remember that at the time? Now, 
when you get to come to y'all crib and y'all elements when it matters the most. Fam, they walked out of Lambeau Field yelling F Green Bay. Like, walked in the trap, took over the trap. Like, it don't get no more disrespectful than that. But that's how it goes. Sometimes that's how it goes. And, and when we talk about the Packers, for years, they're like, oh, the mystique, the cold of Lambeau Field. You know, you guys don't want to have to go to the Green Bay. And da, da, da. Okay, I, I, fam, I've seen a lot of teams that would have loved to go to, I, that have loved going to Green Bay. I, I've seen it. I've seen the Giants walk there before and, and leave with a victory. I've seen Tom Brady and the Bucks do it. I've seen the 49ers do it on multiple cases. Fam, people are not worried about these fields and, and these home field advantages when the playoffs come. They, they Maybe in the regular season, it may mean a little bit more. Maybe. But playoff time, it's a brand new ball game. It's a different season. We're not talking about the same thing anymore. We're not. We're not talking about that anymore. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. You know what I mean? Completely different thing. It's a brand new ball game, man. So, if we're being real, I like the team who isn't coming off a bye with nothing to lose, everything to gain. With nothing but momentum on their sides. That's, that's the team I like when we talk about the playoffs. That's the team I like. Now, in some certain, you know, some circumstances, we know that the underdog, they they just can't do it. But when you get that feeling, like when you when you feel it, you know. And as a fan, you know that feeling. As a as a Ravens fan, you you remember 2013 when y'all went to Denver. Then y'all had to go to New England. You remember how it felt destined. It felt like you were supposed to be there. It felt like you were meant to be there. You think about that season. You know, you lose to Washington. Toy, uh, Kirk Cousins who stepped in for RG3 after Hololi now to put him out. And then you got to get a fourth and 27 with Ray Rice. To beat Denver, you had to put it, Flacco had to put it in the sky. That's how you know you're destined, man. You're supposed to be there. I'm telling y'all. It's real. Destiny is real. We'll talk about that later. I know, you know, home field advantage is most important when we talk about... It is is important when we talk about weather, atmosphere. But fam, does it really, really matter? Like, when I think about home field advantage, I think prime Seattle. I'm talking about when the 12s were rocking, right? You got the Legion of Boom. You got a young Russell Wilson, you know. I would say prime Pete Carroll, even though, you know, he had his day at USC. I think Pete Carroll was at his best in the NFL, obviously, at that time. And it was at during that time where the 12th man really was a thing. Like, you couldn't, you were terrified to have to go play in Seattle at that time. You were. You were horrified. What, 20 what? I would say, what, 13 or 15? Something like that. It was a two, three-year run when nobody wanted to go to Seattle. Nobody wanted to go to Seattle. I had to go to Seattle. We lost. It was a real thing. I think about Kansas City now. I think that is a tough, one of the toughest stadiums to play in, especially in the playoffs. I really do. I really do. I do. And then I can say Brady era New England. I think Foxborough was a tough place to play. During the Brady era. I just think that. Especially when you got the elements. The snow. or It's just cold. And, and those fans up there man. it's just a, It was just a different environment. It was hard to go up there and win. That's why only a few teams. Could go up there and do it. In the AFC. Everybody couldn't do it. Everybody couldn't do it. And you know stats. The stats show. That home field advantage, home field advantage matters. Excuse me. Since 2012, home teams in the division and championship rounds are 47 and 13. That's crazy. That's crazy. That is a crazy stat. That's a wild stat. I can't lie. 
you know, so the stats say it matters. But keep in mind, last year the home teams they went three and three for the first time since they went three and three in twenty twelve. So maybe the ties are turning. Maybe the away teams may, you know, put it together this year. So you got your fans. When you think about home field advantage as a player, you got your fans. Uh, you know, you slept at a home, you slept at home, not at a hotel. You travel to the stadium like a usual day. So as a player, I'm sure they love home field advantage. Obviously, you know, you, it's where you're most comfortable. You're at home. You're at the crib. But as a, and as a fan, I'm sure you love home field advantage. But I can tell you, as a Packers fan, home field advantage will mean a damn thing to me if you do not win. Home field advantage only matters. When you win, point blank, man, point blank. Now, before we move on um, to more NFL talk, I want to, you know, stay in the NFL, but let's get a little serious real quick uh, for a couple minutes, man. I I really want to talk about the NFL concussion protocol and look through it and, and discuss some things because... What I've seen this season, I really don't like. I don't. I don't. Especially when it comes to Tua. And it just, it just has been scary, man. It's been scary. It's been scary. You know, the NFL has done a lot to protect the players. And with, with the penalties and the different rule changes and trying to limit the violent interactions we see on the field, and they've done a solid job these last 10 years in changing the game. But there's only so much you can do in this fast-paced, physical, violent game, which it is. It is still very much physical and violent. We know that. So I'm not discrediting the rules in place when it comes to -to helmet-to-helmet hits and hits on defensive receivers or quarterbacks, it's it's just what happens after that. It's what happens after that, you know. When you see someone take a hard hit to the head or the, a hit or head to the ground type of hit, they should immediately take be taken to the blue tent for a concussion test. Immediately, I don't, I don't think there should be a question about it. I know that we may not see everything, but I know that they have a spotter up somewhere high up that's that that's specifically looking. For that. Understand what I'm saying? So you can't sit here and say they're not. Because that's that's something we do know. So I do want to take a look at the concussion protocol. And just read a couple things of what a concussion is defined as. So a sports related concussion is a traumatic brain injury induced by biochemical forces. Several common features that may be utilized in clinically defining the nature of a concussive head injury include the following. May be caused by either direct blow to the head, face or neck, or elsewhere on the body with an impulsive force transmitted to the head. Uh, typically results in a rapid onset or sh- of short-lived impairment or neuro- um, neurological function that resolves spontaneously or may result in uh, neuropathological changes. But the acute clinical signs and symptoms largely will reflect a functional disturbance rather than a structural injury. Um, there's a couple other definitions. Um, the signs, any loss of consciousness, impact of seizure or fencing posture, blank or vacant look, uh, slow to get up from the ground, return to play following a hit, uh, clutching the head or after contact. Um, con- uh, concussion symptoms include headache, dizziness, blah, blah, blah. Um... Okay, so this is all the stuff they did preseason, <clears throat> game day, <clears throat> excuse me, game day concussion di- diagnosis and management. A UNC shall be a physician. Where's the good stuff? Hold on, post certified. Hold on, There's something about this. Okay, there we go. Booth certified athletic trainer spotter. So this is what I was talking about. A certified athletic training trainer uh well <clears throat> wow so sorry will be assigned to each club and positioned in the stadium booth with access to multiple views of video and replay to aid in the recognition of injury 
Both ATC spiders are charged with monitoring the game, both live and via video feed, to identify players that require medical additional uh may may require additional medical evaluation prior to the start of the game booth atc spotters will introduce themselves to the medical staff for both clubs and officials to discuss protocol and confirm that all communication devices are operational so they have guys they have people who are there specifically looking for this yeah pre-game medical team meetings no-go signs and symptoms um, the NFL. Okay, here we go. The NFL sideline concussion assessment. If a player exhibits or reports a sign of a symptom of concussion, uh, the player must immediately be reviewed to the sideline or stabilized on the field as needed. The player's helmet must be taken away from him, and the player must undergo the entire NFL sideline concussion assessment. I don't know, man. You got the medical ten timeout, medical timeout, Madden rule, all this other stuff. But is it enough? Is it enough? You know, I. You would like to think it is. You would hope it is. But in the grand scheme of things, we we still have guys taking these big hits, and somehow. Getting okay to go back in the game when they're clearly not okay to go back in the game. That's my problem, and it's not 1985. You know, players should have no say in what happens to them, meaning, you know, they should not have any type of rights when it comes to coach. I'm gonna go back in, I'm okay, I'm good. No, man, you just got your brain scrambled. You're not good. Go sit down. So when you look at Tua's most recent concussion, there's no way in hell he should have been back in the game because he looked like a completely different quarterback after that concussion. He did. He, he wasn't. I mean, for Christ's sake, look how many picks he threw. I'm not saying that was all on the concussion, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with it. The one, you know, the one there was bad. The one against the Bengals, you know, that one right there almost made me want to stop watching football, fam. And then they kept showing the replay of of the man's hands, you know, and, and I just that just was so uncomfortable to see. Hated that for him. And then the one that started it all off, which was also very uncomfortable to see, was the one with the Matt Milano play. Down there in Miami. He got up and, and could barely walk. And then you send him out and play, you know, that Thursday night. And then boom. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that, that should be. After the concussion, you know, the guy sits out of the game. He shouldn't be coming back on a short week. He shouldn't be coming back the next week. I don't care how fast he clears protocols, bro. You need a week off after that. Concussions. It's not a sprained ankle or, or or turf toe or, you know, it's not something that's bodily harm. It's not bodily harm. It's not something you can wrap up. It's not something that it'll heal fast or you can save for later or you can play through. You're not playing through a concussion. You're not playing through brain trauma. You're not doing that, fam. When your brain moves around like gelatin, you're not you're not OK. You're not OK. And for this to have been his third concussion, his third really bad one in the season, you know, they've all been really bad. This is his third one. That's a problem. So at what point did you sit a player down and say, look, man, enough might be enough. Listen, I know two is young. I know that the future may be bright for him, especially down there in Miami. But as a GM, how do you sit there and, and, and pay Somebody a long-term multi-million dollar contract when you don't know how many more. Because once you get one, you're susceptible to keep getting multiple. You don't know when the, the, the big one that could really change his life. You don't know. That could come. And I don't think I would want to stick around for that to happen as a GM. So at, when do you sit your player down and have that very hard conversation with him that 
to a man, football may not be in your future on the field. Maybe in a, in a different uh, avenue, but with all the findings and studies of CTE, you would think there would be some coach that would genuinely care enough to ask a player like Tua if he wants to hang it up. And that's tough to do, especially when you're so young. You know, me personally, I love the game of football, and I have no clue. No clue, but it's like to play at that level when you're making all that type of money, when you're playing at the highest level. But me, I'm 24. At my age, I don't know how I feel if my life after football was already in danger because my brain keeps getting knocked loose. I just don't know. You know, the NFLPA, it did a little investigation, claimed nothing was bad, nothing was done uh, incorrectly, but I'm not, I'm not rolling, man. It's a problem, man. It's, it is a problem, and I just don't know. If the NFL is really doing enough when it comes to the concussion protocol, I I just don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> mm, sad. It really is sad, though. Like oh, like it, it is sad, man. Like I hate watching guys get concussion concussions. I do. Uh, I love big hits. I do, but when they're done the right way, and. When it's not a helmet to helmet and, you know, you do get hit and maybe you get a helmet to the ground. Okay, that's different. But helmet to helmets uh, make me cringe. And then just the aftermath of any type of concussion, it, it scares you because you never know, man, how bad these things can be. You know, but that's the game, man. It's physical, it's fast, it's violent, and some things you just can't stop or prevent, but... Dealing with them after has to be better. Is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, the full slate of games yesterday came and went. We only got one more tonight, and week 17 is over. That is crazy how fast the season goes, bro. Like, I, I, it was literally, we were just, it just feels like we were just in September in week one. You know? Ugh. Man, I'm glad I enjoyed the season, though. Like, I, I did enjoy the season from all aspects. Like, not even just, you know, from watching the Packers, which hasn't been that enjoyable this season. It's been very frustrating, but I never wavered. And here we are. Um, I got to go to games. You know, I went to uh, I went to Landover and watched my Packers lose to uh, Washington, the commies. Uh, I took my mom to her first Ravens game when they played the Bills. It was cool to, you know, have her have a great time and, you know, watch Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson battle it out. But, um, you know, watching all the games on a Sunday ticket this year, it's been fun, man. The fantasy season has been a great thing, though. That's probably what's really me, juicing me up this year. The fantasy season has went the right way. You know, I went 10-4 and four for the first time, 10-win season. If you follow me on social media, you know how my season is gone. And, and then, too, you know, tonight, you know, I got it. Real strong chance of, you know, four quarters away being a Super Bowl champion for the first time since 2015. Just saying. Just saying. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've really savored this season. It didn't feel like it went fast, you know, but damn, what a season it was, man. It is. It's not over yet. Still got a lot of football left to play. But uh, let's talk about week seven, the things I saw, the things that happened. Um, you already know where we got to start already know where we have to start i told y'all how i felt uh you know going into the cowboys game and i said they beat the cowboys they're going to the super bowl you know i thought that's where the run would start didn't start there but it was it was a good prelude it was a good prelude to what was coming you know they they, they go to chicago was never losing to Chicago. You know, Baker Mayfield came off that magical game. Baker, it ain't happening today. Go down to Miami on Christmas. Easy work. Then you got the, Vi the Vikings are coming to the crib after beating you week one. Smoke the Vikings. But not even just the things the Packers can control. I've been on an ESPN playoff machine for weeks telling people how we're getting to the playoffs, telling my students, yo, 
all we need is Washington, do this, do that, Seahawks, blah, blah. Everything has gone the Packers' way for the last four weeks. Everything. And if you don't think this team is destined to do something, you, you're you not watching close enough. You're not, man. I, I really got to, fam, at no point in the season, I don't care how bad we lost. The game we lost to the Titans, when we lost to Philly, like, when I was watching them lose in person to the, to Washington, like, at no point, at no point did I think, yeah, this season's over. No point. And here we are, bro. Here we are. One game away from a playoff berth. Winning you in. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But let's talk about that, that, that blowout game yesterday. Because the energy just felt. Oh, man. The stadium was rocking. The team was juiced up. The defense came out and played hard. I mean, it starts off with Darius Smith, who was a lame. Ain't see him all game. Only thing I heard about him was he refused to shake hands with uh 31 yesterday. That's fine. Clown. Ain't see him all game. Batiari had that on lock. But the defense, man, what in the world? Jair, going into the game, told us that the week one game against uh, the Vikings, the, the game that Jefferson had against us was a fluke. I said, oh, I love this energy. And then everybody else was scared. Oh, you know, Packers fans have been scared for weeks. They've been, they've been wrapping the season up for weeks. And I've seen the comments. Some of you should be ashamed of yourself. Because I, I, every time I'm in the comment section, I say we're going to run the table. And they say, oh, we're not going to beat this team. We're not going to beat that team. Fam, how do you not have faith in your team? How can you sit there and say we're going to lose a game? I never go into a game saying we're going to lose. No way. No way am I doing that as a fan. No way. I just Maybe I have a player's mentality. Maybe that's what it is. And then it's like. People are getting ready for the draft. Man, they might think about no goddamn draft. I'm, I'm trying to go to the playoffs. Who just won but draft pick? No, I'm trying to go to the playoffs. That's in his all. So, Jair said, fam, week one's a fluke. I'll see you Sunday. And then Justin Jefferson, the first target he got, Jair was right there. Boom, broke it up. Then grittied on him. Oh, wow. Fam, he was so frustrated. He hit the ref with his helmet. He was so frustrated, he threw his helmet down. He was so frustrated that he tried to make a tackle on Rudy Ford and it was in a sea of green at that point. He was about to get jumped, stomped out on our sideline. One catch for 15 yards. Justin Jefferson had one catch for 15 yards. Y'all told me he was him. Yesterday, he was locked up. Prison, Guantanamo, Rikers, Alcatraz, Azkaban, prison. That's where he was at yesterday. Locked down. And then Keyshawn Nixon, man. What the hell? What a steal. What a grab by the Packers bringing him in. Mm. 105 to the crib. And then Rodgers... Was out there slinging it, running. Got in there and did the belt. Speaking of running, how about Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon? I don't know how the hell Aaron Jones got one thousand yards this season. I swear he was getting five carries a game, but somehow he got one K. Congratulations to you, thirty-three. Him and Dillon running it. Christian Watson's out there. You know what I mean, like bro, this Packers team. They got hot at the right time. They got healthy at the right time. Their defense is stepping up. Four turnovers, a bunch of sacks. Like, these guys are playing like they know that they're going somewhere in February. That's how they're playing. And all they got to do is beat the Lions Sunday. They're playing for a spot in the playoffs as well. But if the Packers get in there and they got to go out to the Bay in a couple weeks. Maybe, depending on how the seeding goes. Ain't nobody scared of the 49ers, bro. I think that's what they want. 
I think Rodgers wants the 49ers. You can make your jokes all the way. Yeah, the Packers, you don't want to see the Packers go to lose the 49ers again. Okay, but I'll tell you this right now. Packers get to the playoffs, and they got to play the 49ers in the wild card. They beat the 49ers. They're not losing to anybody else after that. They're going to the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it. Remember I said that. Remember you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, bro, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I promise I'm not crazy. Now, speaking of the 49ers, 49ers and the Raiders, boy, they had a battle yesterday. They had a battle. And I had jo- Josh Jacobs and Brandon Ayuk, and Ayuk, he, he did his thing. So did Jacobs. Um, yeah, that was a good game, bro. Uh, Tay made some catches that just blew my mind. Just blew my mind. Um, it was starting to look like Carr may have been a problem. And then, you know, the, the late game pick came, and then it was like, eh, maybe not. But it was a hell of a game. Mike Evans, he went ballistic, bro. I mean, when I put him in my top five, a lot of people were confused. Mike Evans, Mike Evans. And I put him, I, I may have put him at two. Three touchdowns, 207 yards. But that's not, that. that's the headline. But look closer. This is his ninth straight season. With 1,000 plus yards. Ain't nobody else doing that right now. He's cold-blooded. Like, you know, I like Justin Jefferson. When he's not playing us, of course. You know, I like these young guns. But longevity, consistency, year in, year out. Can you do what Mike Evans is doing? That remains to be seen. You understand what I'm saying? That's crazy work right there. Crazy work. The Giants. They're back. Oh, also the Bucks clinched a playoff spot and won their division. After looking like they were dead multiple times. But I don't I don't know, Brady. I don't know. I don't know. But y'all know how Brady is. All you all you gotta do is get in there and then suddenly everything just goes right for him. But I don't know. He don't got Giselle's magic no more. So we got to see how they go. The Giants are back to the playoffs for the first time since the infamous boat picture. Congratulations to them. Danny Dimes heard he was getting a new contract and went crazy. Thank God he took away all those carries from Saquon Barkley, who I was playing in the Super Bowl. Love that for me. Um, The Dolphins, man, what a tragic fall from grace. I mean, at one point, these guys were looking like a serious threat. And the AFC, and now they just they just fell off, man. Fell off. You hate to see that. Um, speaking of falling off, the Eagles are slipping without hurts, and I mean slipping. This is two straight L's, and it's starting to look like if they lose one more time, we won't be talking about the Eagles having a number one seed. It's possible. It's possible. Um, speaking of seeding, <clears throat> Ron Rivera. Did not know they were playing in an elimination game yesterday. And, you know, honestly. I don't think that Ron Rivera knew going into the game. I really don't. I don't think he knew. Because if he did know, I I don't think that Carson Wentz plays. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe we were all overanalyzing that, but. I just want to say thank you, Ron. Thank you, Carson Wentz, for being you, um, for doing the right thing yesterday and just playing like yourself, man. Thank you, guys. Um, you guys made it so much easier for us to get to the playoffs, and and now you're not there anymore. And and it was personal for me because I remember after that game that y'all beat us. Somebody had a cheese head on. Now y'all can all wear cheese heads and watch us in the playoffs. Um. <laughs> Where to next? What else happened over the weekend, man? Uh, the Broncos, man, they went toe-for-toe with the Chiefs for an emotional Russell Wilson. Love that for them. Love that for them. Really do. Really do. Um, Mike Tomlin has a winning season. Again, clap it up for Mike Tomlin. Love that. Love that for Mike Tomlin. But a playoff berth is looking bleak. Don't think that's happening. But the Ravens lose that game, man. That, that's a tough loss for them. And... Now you're at a point where, hmm, 
Do you play Lamar next week if he's ready to go? Depending on what happens tonight. Like, let's say the Bills are bang, you know, if the Bengals win, they win the division. I don't think you see Lamar next week. But if the division title is on the line like next week, I think you do see Lamar. You know, I don't know. I, I just think last night changed a lot of things for the Ravens. Um, hate hate that for them that they lost that game that way. Uh, you hate to see that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Should we move? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Let's move on. Let's, let's get away from the NFL for a hot second. Let's go to college football. Let's recap the playoffs. And then I'll end the show with uh, the Bills and Bengals segment. And then I'll get you guys out of here. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's talk about the playoffs. Now, y'all know this is going to be tough for me to get through. Y'all know it is. Because y'all know I'm go blue. Blue and through, man. I love my Michigan boys. My amazing blue. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I do. But, man, that was frustrating to watch. So frustrating to watch. Oh, my God. Michigan versus TCU, man. You know, all year, all season, I loved everything that Michigan was doing on offense and defense. Even when Blake Corum went down, still was able to be physical and run the ball. Michigan got to the dance. They, they got there, got to the dance, and did everything except for what got them there. They switched it up. They started doing things that I've never seen them do before. Things that they did not have to do to win that game. They did not have to do certain things. Donovan Edwards starts the game off with an insane run. Gets us down to the red zone. Can't punch it in. So on fourth and goal, instead of taking the points or instead of running a, a normal play, you try a Philly special. A Philly spe- a Philly special? Fam, you don't you don't get cute. You don't get cute and do stuff like that. There's no need. There's no need, man. There's no need, man. You don't QB sneaking on the goal line. Then defensively. The constant blitzing on third and medium. Fam. Fam. You don't do that when you're getting burned all game. After the first two, it should have been, oh, yeah, no. No, no, no. Everybody stay home. But instead, you send the damn house. Everybody's out of their position. Everybody's just all over the place. And the field is wide open for their quarterback to either run or throw it to somebody who's wide open. The tone was honestly set after uh, they couldn't get points after the run by Edwards. It was set right there, man. I knew what type of game it was going to be after that. Michigan had way too many opportunities to win that game, but simply could not capitalize on any ounce of momentum they got. They get a pick, can't do nothing with it, or they score, and then immediately give up a touchdown. Like, at one point, they got it to within, what, three or five, and then just gave up a big, a big touchdown after. Fam. You know, J.J., I, I, I give a bunch of credit to him, man, because he, he showed how resilient he could be. Like, he showed at, at a young age, he showed the toughness, the poise, and he hung in there, man. He, he went blow for blow. Against momentum, not even just against TCU. He went blow for blow against momentum because it was not in our favor. But, you know, even after spotting TCU two touchdowns, he still turned into RB1 when he clearly couldn't run the ball, willed us into the end zone, and kept slinging it. Kept on slinging it, man. So, shout out to JJ for being tough and doing that. But, JJ, I, I didn't need the Stefan Diggs picture after the game. I didn't. I didn't ask for that, though, brother. I didn't need that. But I understand. You know, you're young. You want to do things like that. I get it. Um. Yeah, man, Michigan, I don't know. I don't know. But not giving all credit to Michigan for beating themselves. I mean, hey, TCU, they came out. 
They came out and played extremely physical, and they stuck to what they knew. And this team has been in positions like this all year when they had to come from behind or been in tight games. So they were prepared for this. Michigan really hasn't had trial by fire like that, except for that Ohio State game. So the QB runs, man. The the running the ball, just being physical and getting the ball to big ass Quentin Johnson. They they did what got them to the dance. They stuck to their game plan. They stuck to their plan. They outmuscled Michigan on defense. They did. They were just bullying Michigan on defense. They just were out physical, out physical, physicaling them. They kept getting back to JJ. Kept forcing him out the pocket. They were they were there, man. They were hitting guys in the backfield. The run game was dead after that first run by Edwards. It was dead after that. It's dead. They had a goal line stand. Got a fumble at the goal line. Like fam, they were they were they were playing two pick sixes. Yeah, they came to play. Now I will say, I have no problem saying this. The refs did steal. We all know this. The whole country, the world knows this. They stole a touchdown from Michigan. They did. Roman Wilson, that was a touchdown. And what did the game ended up being decided by a touchdown? So, yeah, I, I can feel the way about that as a fan. You should. But they fumbled after the goal, at the goal line right after that. That's inexcusable. The refs, they didn't call a blatant no call at the end of the game. It's a blatant no call, you know. But in that situation, 25 seconds left, do you really call a ticky-tack targeting? No, you don't. You don't, you don't, you don't make that call. And if I was a Michigan, you know, if I was a TCU fan, I would have been enraged if they make that call. And as a Michigan fan, I didn't even really want them to make that call. But like I always say, man, you have 60 minutes to keep the refs out your business. You do. That's all I got to say about that. Now, I will say, I was feeling low after that one. Me and my lady, we watched the movie. I didn't even watch the other game. So as the ball dropped, and I, I checked my phone, and I saw that Ohio State had lost. All I could do was smile. <laughs> I said, okay, now I feel much better now. Because it was either us and them or nothing. Not, or nothing, man. I No, I, I, how no, I didn't want to see Ohio State go. No way. After that, no way. I wouldn't heard the end of it. Nope, no thank you. No thank you. No thank you. You know, it really should have been us versus them, man. That's that's what I wanted to see. Streets ain't asked for Georgia versus goddamn TCU. Streets ain't asked for that, man. They didn't. Streets did not reply and say, we want TCU and Georgia State. I mean, Georgia. Nobody asked for that. Uh, Ohio State, man, they gave the champs a run for their money. I, they did. I watched the highlights. Um... They 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 gave him a run for their money, bro. You know, CJ Stroud's skills and talent will trans translate very well to the league. I'm not questioning that. He's a great quarterback, man. He 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 is poised. That last drive to get them in field goal position it was all on him. And speaking of him, Marvin Harrison Jr., that's who he is. Him. Hemothy. Him Jones. Hemi Turner. Him McGraw. Him carry. You understand what I'm saying? He's him. He's him. You know, you feel bad for the click the kicker, but fam, that wasn't even close. Got out there and kicked it into the stands. That's insane. And Georgia, bro, they have so much speed, bro. Like, I think it's number six, bro. He he was faster than everybody on that field. But all of those guys have insane speed on Georgia. I don't know if anybody's keeping up with them. I really don't. I, I really think they're going to run TCU out the gym. Honestly. But the college football playoff atmosphere, I did want to speak on that before I got out of, got off of this. Way better than the Super Bowl. And, and the reason for that is, you look at the Michigan and TCU game. Is that it was in Arizona. That's where the Super Bowl will be in February, or February next month, right? It's not going to sound like that. Because you got real football fans in that stadium for that game. It's not going to be a lot of real football fans in the Super Bowl stadium because of how high they charge the tickets. I think one of the players last year said it felt like a, a dinner party. 
and the football game was just on because there's so many celebrities there. He's got he, they they just there to have a good time. They most of them do not care about this game. They they just most of them they see the damn halftime show. So the atmosphere is crazy. Both games were great. Both crazy games, man. I was in here losing my damn mind watching that Michigan game. Uh, one thing I will say before we get off of this, man. Max Duggan is twenty one. Stetson Bennett is twenty is uh twenty five. We should be talking about these guys hitting the field on Sundays, not not in college, fam. Fam, what are you talking about? Two goddamn pro quarterbacks out here, fam. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? These guys, man. These dudes are old, bro. If y'all don't go ahead somewhere, go to the damn draft or something. Goodness gracious, I don't. How how is Bennett still in Georgia? Did he is because of the COVID years or what, bro? How is he still there? Go start a family or something, bro. Jesus, damn near about to be able to collect um retirement money. Mm, that boy old. That boy old. But um, off that man. Let's get back to the NFL. One more thing. I'm gonna get y'all out of here. All right, let's do that. Okay, to wrap things up, let's talk about the game tonight. Bills versus Bengals, man. Who needs it more? Uh, to me, the Bills need this game more than the Bengals. I think that, you know, the, the, this Bills team is a team that does not want to be in a place where they have to go see Kansas City again on the road. They want home field advantage. They need home field advantage. I know we talked about home field advantage today, but this is a team who I feel that needs home field advantage. Uh, I think they'll come out guns a-blazing. I expect a big game for this defense. I need a big game for this defense. I'm up by 51 points. Let's keep it that way. Um, Josh Allen and company will be trying to put the Bengals away early. Uh, you know, the Bengals, they're playing for the North in one home game while the Bills are playing for home field and a bye. I just think that the Bills need this game more than the Bengals. But, I, you know, it should be a good game. But I, I just hope the Bills stomp the Bengals out. Honestly, and then, you know, we see the Ravens and Bengals play for the North the next week because, you know, this game could change a lot of things for week 18. So we shall see. And then I also have to see what time my boys are going to be playing or um, next weekend. So, yeah, that's a wrap on that. So week 17 is about to be in the books. We're moving on to week 18. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'll be back on Friday. Episode 194. Um, make sure you follow me on Instagram, man. Be, be on the lookout for some things over there. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in for the first episode of 2023. Here's to many more for the 193rd time. I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified. <laughs>